Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Joshua. Hello and good morning, faithful listeners. This is Jen with the Bible Explained podcast, and thank you for tuning in on this lovely, lovely Friday morning. The weather here has been absolutely phenomenal, though it's been kind of cold. (laughs) One of my friends came up and visited this week, Casey. He's been on the podcast before, and uh, he was like, man, I, I forgot how cold it gets up here. It's like almost like the beginning of spring. I'm like, yeah, it is. It's very cold where I live. And we were kind of chatting about the weather. And it's so weird, like my area, because it's very cold up until summer. Then all of a sudden it is just muggy and so, so hot. But I love summer. I'm excited for summer. So tell me what your favorite season is. Contact me. You'll find my information in the description of this podcast episode. And also go over to the website and subscribe if you haven't yet, because my sister and my mom do some awesome work on the blog. And uh, they've been taking that over for me, though sometimes I still do a blog post here and there. But my sister just came out with one about worship, worship music, and what a successful corporate worship service looks like, because she is a worship leader actually herself. So go over to the website if you haven't yet and subscribe to that. But let's go ahead and read Joshua chapter five today, verses one through nine. And this is a fascinating subject. We're going to be talking about circumcision today again. (laughs) So anyway, grab your Bible. I'm going to be reading out of the NIV version actually this morning, but feel free to read out of the version that you prefer. Once again, this is Joshua five, one through nine. Now, when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over, their hearts melted in fear, and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gibeath Haraloth. Now this is why he did so. All those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age, died in the wilderness on the way after leaving Egypt. All the people that came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness during the journey from Egypt had not. The Israelites had moved about in the wilderness 40 years until all the men who were of military age when they left Egypt had died since they had not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord had sworn to them that they would not see the land he had solemnly promised their ancestors to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So he raised up their sons in their place, and these were the ones Joshua circumcised. They were still uncircumcised, because they had not been circumcised on the way. And after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained where they were in the camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. So you remember the last chapter where God parted the Jordan River? And not only did he part the Jordan River, but he like rolled back all the water of the Jordan River and made like this mountain of water. This like huge heap is what the Bible calls it, a heap of water. And it was really far away from the Israelites. And yet the Israelites still could see all this water like up in this mound. So this mountain of water had to have been huge, not to mention I told you what the dimensions of the Jordan River were. 
That's a ton of water that God like piled up a far distance away at a city called Adam. And of course, this city would have been freaked out, right? Because they're looking out their windows of their houses and they see a mountain of water that used to belong to the Jordan River. (laughs) On top of that, they probably heard that the Israelites were in the area because the Israelites were talked about. They were news, you know, because Yahweh was among the Israelites. They knew about all the stories of the Israelites leaving Egypt and the miracles that took place with the Israelites in the wilderness. So the neighboring cities and towns knew that the Israelites were around. This miracle happens where like all of a sudden a mountain of the Jordan River (laughs) is like right there. The Jordan River is not flowing anymore. And all of a sudden, the Israelites crossed the Jordan River. News about this was going to get around everywhere. So you can see now what ends up happening from this news of the Jordan River, like rolling away and turning into a mountain of water. It says in verse one, now, when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites their hearts melted in fear. (laughs) So remember how I said, I think it was Wednesday when we talked about this, how people would begin to fear the Lord during this, like some people might. I mean, this was an act of God. Of course, the people were going to have fear in their hearts when they see this happen. Not to mention all the other stories they'd already heard about God before this Jordan River miracle takes place. I mean, the people were terrified. And so these kings, these Amorite and Canaanite kings were horrified when they hear about this and see that the Israelites crossed over the Jordan on like dry ground. They were terrified. And it says that they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. So this means that the Canaanite and Amorite kings initially were trying to go to war with the Israelites. Because here's what it says. They no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. So they were thinking about it. They were thinking about going to war with the Israelites. But this miracle that takes place terrifies them. And so they no longer have the courage to face the Israelites. They don't want to do it anymore. So at this time, right after all of this happens... And the Israelites are camped in this area called Gilgal. God speaks to Joshua and he tells Joshua, "Okay, it is time for you to circumcise all the men of Israel, because here's what it says. Apparently, during the time of the wilderness, basically none of the Israelites got circumcised the way God had told the Israelites to circumcise their children. So it says that the previous generation, in other words, the generation that left Egypt, They were all circumcised, but for some reason in the wilderness, they did not circumcise any of their kids, any of their boys. And there's no explanation of why. And I read a handful of commentaries about this because I was curious. I was like, why didn't the Israelites in the wilderness circumcise their boys? Especially when this was a commandment from God and God had given this commandment to Abraham like hundreds of years before this. And all the Israelites, for the most part, like circumcised their boys until the wilderness happened. 
So some of the speculations I saw was that God had commanded the Israelites not to circumcise their kids in the wilderness to show them like the sin. I don't know how much I believe that personally. The second one was that the Israelites basically did not circumcise their kids because they weren't allowed to go into the promised land. And so they chose not to circumcise their kids because circumcision was like a promise that God would deliver them into the promised land. And since God did not give them the promised land, they chose not to circumcise their kids. But in my mind, that's really silly because why would you further rebel against God? But maybe, maybe the Israelites were just like, I'm going to get back at God. I'm not going to circumcise my kid because God is not, you know, giving me the promised land. (laughs) Maybe they did do that. I don't know. That seems very silly, though, in my mind to like further rebel against God. But what I think is that it says multiple times in different parts of scripture that the Israelites in the wilderness were just really anti-God. Okay, I mean, there's a verse, I can't remember where it was, Micah or Malachi, I think it was Micah, where it says that the Israelites carried their idols with them in the wilderness. And then there's other scripture passages where Moses tells the Israelites, like, all of you are so rebellious, like you don't even sacrifice to God, you don't do any of the laws God commanded you to do in the wilderness. So In my mind, I don't think it was so much that the Israelites were trying to get back at God. And so that's why they didn't uh, circumcise their kids. I think it was more that the Israelites were just insanely rebellious in general. They were complacent. So that's why they didn't do any of the laws God commanded them to do. They didn't uh, circumcise their boys. And they also didn't um, sacrifice to God in the wilderness either. Or basically like keep any of the feasts and holidays other than the Passover. So this is why I believe that the Israelites did not circumcise their boys. Even though God had commanded them to do it, they chose not to do it. They didn't care. So why would they circumcise their boys? Because they cared about nothing of God. And they all they wanted really was their old life, like back in Egypt with all their good food and their idols and whatever else they had in Egypt that they were like comfortable with. They just didn't want the slavery portion of Egypt. Sounds to me like the Israelites were very happy being in Egypt. That's really what they wanted, but they wanted to be like part of Egypt. They didn't want to be God's children. Because as you can see with the Israelites, they were always like, we want to go back to Egypt. It was so much better in Egypt, but yet they were crying out to God when they were enforced slavery. So the Israelites wanted God to be their genie and give them exactly what they wanted, comfort in Egypt, surrounded by all their Egyptian gods and all their Egyptian delicacies and all the Egyptian privileges that they could want without any of the slave labor, basically. So they were upset when God took them out of Egypt and put them in the wilderness And a lot of people fall into this, actually, including myself from time to time, where I'm just like, I expect God to do something the way I want it to be done, not necessarily the way that God knows it should be done. I'm always like, okay, God, do it this way. 
at this time in this place. And God's just like, no, I'm not going to do that because it's better for you to be over here. Even though it's not going to be comfortable right in this moment, it's going to be better for you in the long run. And you're going to be so much happier in this other place that I put you. But anyway, going back to the circumcision thing, God tells Joshua to circumcise this generation of Israelites because they had never been circumcised. God commands Joshua to do it. And why? Well, because circumcision was a covenant promise with God. When God came to Abraham hundreds of years before this and told Abraham to circumcise himself and all of his household, it was a representation of God setting Abraham apart from the other nations because no other nation circumcised themselves at themselves like who who would think of that honestly <laughs> nobody wants to circumcise themselves i know that for sure you know other nations wouldn't think of this but god told abraham to do it because he set abraham apart as his own special nation so now god is doing this all over again he is telling the israelites you are my special nation so circumcise yourselves. And so he tells Joshua, make these flint knives and circumcise all the men of Israel. So that is exactly what Joshua does. Verse seven. So he raised up their sons in their place. And these were the ones Joshua circumcised. So this doesn't mean that Joshua like went out and circumcised by hand every single male in Israel. <laughs> that would be kind of weird. But he gave the command that was Joshua's role in all of this was to give the command to all the men that they needed to be circumcised. And the men actually ended up doing it. They listened to Joshua and they circumcised themselves. And so the whole nation had been circumcised. But notice the timing of all of this also. This was right after God had parted the Jordan River and these kings in all the different regions here of Canaan were scared to rise up against the Israelites. It was perfect timing for the Israelites to get circumcised because the kings were too scared to go into battle with them. So this means that the Israelite men had time to rest after this uh, circumcision and to heal up before they went out into battle. So they would probably have had a week or two to heal after this, uh, this process of circumcision. So the timing was absolutely perfect because the Canaanite kings were not going to come up against Israel during this time. So God protected the Israelites in a sense so that they could heal up after the circumcision. So the timing of all of it was absolutely perfect. And so it says, after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained where they were in camp until they were healed. So now God says to Joshua in verse nine, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. And Gilgal means rolled away. So God rolled away the reproach. What that means is that, you know, the Israelites had a, an amount of shame being a nation of slaves for the Egyptians. That's very shameful. But God rolled all of that away. And now he was going to lead the Israelites into this miraculous victory at Jericho, which we're going to uh, talk about that next. So there's a few things we can take from this. Firstly, 
God can absolutely roll your shame away. If you've been shamed by something in the past, it doesn't matter. God can take that from you and totally roll it away. I mean, think about the woman at the well that Jesus encountered. She had had five husbands. She was an outcast in the Samaritan region. She was a Samaritan woman. She had a lot of shame. But when she encountered Jesus and learned about Jesus, that shame rolled away from her to the point where she became a like missionary to her people. She went back into the village and she told everybody about Jesus. And so many people in Samaria came to Jesus because of the words that the woman said, but also, of course, Jesus. But the woman at the well played a huge part in all of that. So God can roll your shame away. He can remove it from you. Secondly, when God is moving in your life and you don't like the direction it's going, just understand and know that God's will for you is best. You might think that you know best for your life, but God knows the past, present, and future. He knows you inside and out better than you even know yourself. So, of course, God's will for your life is always going to be best. So just trust in that also. And the last thing is that God has adopted you and set you apart if you believe in him, if you are a Christian. In the same way that the Israelites were set apart, even though if you're a man listening to this podcast, you don't necessarily have to get circumcised now because that was part of the old covenant and we live under the new covenant now. But you are still set apart as special from God. And he can absolutely give you power and protection to do his will for your life. Alrighty, faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, share it on your social media platforms and tell people that the Bible Explained podcast exists. Word of mouth is like the best way, basically, that you can help the podcast to grow. And also, uh, just rating and reviewing the podcast is awesome as well. Faithful listeners, I will see you all, not tomorrow, because tomorrow's the weekend. I will see you all on Monday, and we're going to finish up Joshua chapter 5 then and talk about this heavenly person that Joshua encounters. So we'll discuss all of that on Monday. Hope to see you then, and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your weekend. Happy listening, and God bless. Thank you.